This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. As you've been hearing in the news today, BC's top doctor is calling on Ottawa to decriminalize uh, people who have hard drugs as one way to fight the overdose crisis. Now, Dr. Bonnie Henry made the case in a 47-page report. It's called Stopping the Harm, Decriminalization of People Who Use Drugs in BC. This prioritizes harm reduction support over criminal charges and believes that law enforcement could work with health agencies and social services to help connect people with treatment and other social services. So how do we do this? If this is a federal jurisdiction, how would this work? And what is the what is the kind of end goal with all of this? Well, joining us now to talk more about the report is Dr. Bonnie Henry, BC's uh, Chief Provincial Health Officer. Thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Okay, so let's start with the jurisdiction issue here, because I think that's the question that a lot of people have. How can the province act on this without worrying about getting federal approval? Right. So there's a couple of things. Um, The Controlled Drugs and Substances Act uh, is a federal act, and it is uh, part of the Criminal Code of Canada. So that is a federal jurisdiction. But what um, what we can do in British Columbia, in the in light of the fact that the federal government has indicated they're not at this point willing to discuss um, further changes to drug policy, as we know they legalized um, uh, cannabis this past year, which I think is a really good approach to to all drugs, and we would suggest that we have a look at our prohibitionist policy across the country. But here in BC, with the crises that we're dealing with, with people dying, three to four people a day in our communities across the province, we, we need to take other measures. And we can look at how we, um, how we police the act of possession of, of uh, small amounts of drugs for personal use, even though the drugs themselves remain illegal. And so that's what I'm talking about in this report, decriminalization of people who use drugs in BC and providing alternative pathways to social and, and health supports for people who have addictions and substance use disorder. Okay, so how would that prevent uh, like overdoses if we're not criminalizing or decriminalizing the actual drugs? Yeah, so yeah, that's one of the challenges that we have is the street drug supply is highly toxic in BC. And, but decriminalizing personal possession means that people don't get into that cycle of the criminal justice system, which has additional harms that we know um, affect people who have addictions or substance use disorders. So it is looking at how we can meet people in that space and give them what they need that led them to using drugs in the first place. And hopefully for most people, for many people, that'll be recovery and treatment options. But it also takes away um, that layer of stigma that keeps people from, uh, from talking about their drug use, keeps people using alone. And we know that that's a, a, a large group of people who are dying right now are young men who are using alone at home when their families tell us that they they didn't know that they had relapsed. They didn't know that they were using drugs. And it's that stigma of criminalization that um, makes it difficult for others to help people for to reach out or to even have conversations about drug use. So I think that's important. The other piece that um, that we need to work on, I think, as as part of what we're doing to respond to this, is to provide pharmaceutical alternatives to this to the toxic street drug supply for people who are dependent on street drugs. 
and decriminalization of possession is is one way of enabling that initiative as well. Right. The decriminalization seems to be getting the most attention with this issue, but a lot of your report sounds like it deals with treatment. It, it deals with treatment and with harm reduction, which is um, the, the things that we can do to support people to stay as safe as they can while they're still using illegal drugs. And right now we know that those are very dangerous. But what does this do to potentially clean up the drug supply? Well, one of the things that have, has happened in other countries that have had um, decriminalization and legalization um, is that it allows police to have a place to take people rather than into custody and into the criminal justice system and to focus their attention on the higher level drug dealing and interdiction of, of uh, drugs coming into the country. So I think that's a benefit that we could see. Right. Well, that's interesting. So that when police do come across somebody, rather than hauling them off to jail where they kind of begin that descent into the legal system, they instead get sent to perhaps treatment. That's exactly. What we're looking at is alternatives to a a criminal record, which has so many effects on your life, your ability to get a job. And it's what one of the things that I hear that um, people are afraid and they're afraid to reach out and help friends and family because of the association of, of being charged criminally if you're if you're involved with somebody who's using illegal drugs. So it's a it's a way to be able to say you know if somebody is has possession of a small amount they're they're using for uh, on an occasional basis and they don't have a medical issue. Well, maybe there's an administrative fine that you could do, or community service. Uh, rather than a criminal record and with all the attendant harms that that can have. Right, because right now, do police, they don't have that ability then? Like, is their only choice to arrest someone? Well, uh, under the criminal code, they have some discretion about how they're going to, uh, who's going to be arrested or not. But we know that that also uh, is is very fraught because uh, if you are somebody who's uh, living in poverty or street involved, your chances of being arrested for possession are much higher than somebody who is not has uh, doesn't have those other issues to deal with as well and that's an all around social stigma so what i'm suggesting with this report is that we need to have a provincial policy that says this is how we're going to deal with everybody in these situations and put the parameters clearly that to give guidance for police across the province and we know that it's done quite well in some places but in other places there's still a lot of of attention on the criminality Right. So outside of law enforcement, then, Dr. Henry, what what else do you need? Like, obviously, the treatment issue is a huge aspect of this. So you obviously need a lot of buy-in from the provincial government here. Absolutely. And it's not a, a single thing. And, you know, this, this is a very complex crisis. And it's been going on for a number of years, as you know. And we are building um, a neglected mental health and substance use system. We still have challenges with the recovery community and um, the lack of regulation around recovery homes and different programs. So there's a lot of other things that need to be in place as well. I I will say that, you know, there's been a concerted effort by um, this government to to look at poverty reduction strategies, to look at um, supportive housing and the modular housing units that have gone in 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 Vancouver and 
a number of places around the province. Those have been incredibly helpful at getting at some of the underlying causes that that lead people to use drugs and and keep them from entering into a recovery program. Yeah, I know that's a, that's such an issue that we talk so much about here on the show is is what about getting people help? And do you think people sometimes they continue to use out of fear because there is nothing else? Absolutely. And for many people that I've talked to and 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 know there are there are underlying traumas. Um, it may be childhood trauma, intergenerational trauma in many indigenous people, and the sexual abuse, physical abuse. Um, and the drug is what helps them um, helps them deal with life. And it, it's a very frightening thought to think about not having that. And not everybody will reach a point where they are able to enter into a recovery program. But that doesn't mean we should abandon them. I think they need compassion as much as everybody does. Do you know if this approach has worked anywhere in other jurisdictions? Have they tackled this in this way? Well, there's been a number of jurisdictions that have tackled this, and uh, the one that I describe in a bit more detail in the report is is Portugal, where they have legalized and decriminalized, well, sorry, they haven't legalized, where they've decriminalized um, drugs across the country, decriminalized the use of drugs across the country. And so there's very set parameters, and it has been very successful in reducing um, reducing the need for the criminal justice system and the backup in, in jails for people who are there for drug use. And it's, it's um, diverted people into treatment and social services. It was a concerted effort, though, and it, this is not a simple thing that will happen overnight, but it has dramatically reduced the harms from drug use and it has not resulted in increased use of drugs. Is there an amount that you can think of that where police should look the other way? I think it varies, and that is one of the things that we've learned from the Portugal experience, and I've talked with a number of other countries. If you set the amount too low, then you end up um, uh, um, compounding the problem because people are arrested for trafficking. Right. So you, I do think there needs to be a set amount. It's different for different drugs, and you know, as we've done with um, cannabis, with it's uh, 30 grams for cannabis that's considered... Um, personal possession. So I think those those are the discussions that need to have the details of this and, and what are reasonable parameters, for sure. Interesting. So then is this report mainly, would you say, for the provincial government's attention? Because the federal government has already said they don't plan on making any of these changes. I, I absolutely for the provincial government, and that is my my responsibility is to provide advice to the provincial government on policies for uh, that would affect the health of the population of BC. I will continue to to press, as many of my colleagues across the country, um, to press the federal government to review our, our prohibitionist drug policy in the country. Um, but this is a measure that I think is important for our con- our province and for the issues that we're dealing with right now. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's Dr. Bonnie Henry, the BC Provincial Health Officer.